Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. This is Ryan, your host for the Prolific Writer Podcast. Really glad that you joined us. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to get in another episode before the Christmas festivities, New Year festivities, uh, but I thought I would and actually might even have one more, uh, believe it or not, after Christmas in between New Year's. So stay tuned for that. I might have a very special guest and uh, I'll keep that under wraps for now. Uh, But really glad that you joined us. This is the podcast committed to learning tips, tricks, techniques, how to write fast, how to write often, and how to write well. And we think writing fast and writing often and and writing well are not contradictory terms. And in today's publishing industry, in today's writing world, uh, we need prolific writers. Uh, So whether you write uh, on your blog, whether you write fiction, whether you write nonfiction, whether you write articles, journals, newspaper, whatever it is, uh, the name of the game is speed. The name of the game is writing prolifically. The name of the game is writing fast, writing often and writing well. And so that's what this podcast is dedicated to and looking at different angles, looking at different ways to be more productive in our writing, looking at, uh, different ways to be, to get motivated in writing, to finishing that work, to sharing that work. Um, and so, uh, that's what we talk about. And, uh, we're going to be having, uh, especially this is a newer podcast. So I think we're only on episode number five, I believe, I think, um, you can double check that. I think five, um, but we're going to be having uh, guests on and people that are prolific, uh, writers and, uh, sharing their craft, sharing their ideas, um, talking about the publishing industry as well and all the things going on. And, uh, so really glad that you, you joined us. Um, my name's Ryan. I am 
the uh, founder owner of Rock House Publishing. That's how this podcast is sponsored by and uh, began my own writing career many, 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 many years ago and uh, have been fortunate enough to write, um, I think, 11 or 12, going on 11 or 12 in the last few years as far as fiction and nonfiction titles, um, continue to write uh, regularly articles, blogs, other things published elsewhere. Um, but that's enough about me. Um, but, uh, always really felt that the thing I needed when I was starting out was a podcast or a book or, um, someone to kind of help me learn how to be more prolific. Um, and not just writing fast to write fast, but, but to really get the work out there and to, uh, write the work, um, produce the work, write the work, edit the work and share the work. And that was my biggest hangup was the, um, I could write fairly fast, um, but there was always these hangups, always this resistance. And so, um, sharing the work wasn't as easy. And, uh, and so over time, uh, just learning and realizing that, um, as you do this long enough, um, you can be more prolific. And, uh, and then just as I studied different writers and different uh, people in history, uh, modern writers and older writers, uh, people that have really been successful and people that have really been able to share their work and, and get their stories out in the world and their books out in the world. Um, almost all of them are prolific. Um, a lot of the nonfiction writers I follow, um, that have been around for a while. I mean, they've written 50, 60, 70 books. Um, there's even a spiritual writer I, I've enjoyed named Andrew Murray that's written, um, I mean, he's long, long dead, but, um, was around a hundred years ago, but I just read, he wrote something like 288 different books and articles and things. Um, and so, so pretty amazing. Um, and I, and I don't think if you talk to any of them that they'd say they're some unique talent or some special, um, voodoo on them or some unique gifts. I mean, there's obviously gifts and talents, but, um, they were able to, um, put the, the pencil to paper, the pen to paper or the word processor to paper and, um, and crank out those, those works. And, um, and so we want to help you do the same. So, um, so today, um, sorry about that long intro, uh, is I want to just take a few moments and talk a little bit about, um, editing and specifically fast editing, uh, and, what that means, what that looks like. And, and I want to share a little bit of my own technique and, and I don't think it's a unique, uh, technique, uh, that almost rhymes. Uh, but I also want to just say with a caveat is that what I do isn't what you should do necessarily. And I also want to say on this podcast that what you hear and what you learn is not just my advice and the only advice. And if you don't do it, then you're going to be terrible and never going to be prolific. Um, but as you, uh, learn and as you listen to other writers and learn from them and read books and things, um, there's gonna be all kinds of different opinions, all, all kinds of different advice. Um, I even heard Lee child say one time that don't listen to any advice, um, and just do what you do. Um, but he still shares advice. So I'm going to share advice too. And, uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about editing and partly why I want to talk about editing is because I think editing is connected to being prolific. Um, one of the misnomers of prolific writing and those that write, uh, fiction, those that write nonfiction is this idea that they rewrite their work or they redraft their work, um, multiple, multiple times. And so by the time they finish a book, let's say a novel or, or what have you, is that, uh, 
they've rewritten it, you know, 29 times, 50 times, a hundred times, uh, 12 times, whatever. Um, and just edited it, edited it, rewrote it, rewrote it, edited it, edit, uh, to death. Um, and then finally released it. And that's why they write so slowly. And that's why you never see books come out. Um, you know, these, these commercial writers, you know, a Lee child, a Stephen King, they, you know, release one book a year or, or John Gershom. Um, but the reality is they actually finish their works very quickly. Um, the problem is their publishers aren't able to get the work out that fast. And so it's not that they're sitting around just waiting, um, but they actually are are pretty fast writers. Um, I know if you read on writing or um, listen to Stephen King, um, he always says you need to finish your work in, in three months, uh, a season, basically. And, uh, and he's known for doing that. He says he's written books. I think he said um, The Running Man he wrote in a week uh, or maybe two, um, and that was finished copy. Um, and so uh, he takes you know a couple months to write a – I mean, he writes long books. Um, Lee Child as well, he takes um, three months or so, um, three to six months, just depends. Um, but the way he, he writes his books is when he's done, he's done. Um, there is no rewriting. So when he hits the, the finish button, he's done. He's already edited. It's already ready to go. And usually just one pass through. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about just some other writers and just their, their craft as well. And, and and the things I've learned along the way. Um, but as I said, the editing is important because I think it helps you become faster. Now I want to share a little bit of what I did wrong and what I think held me up for a lot of years and didn't allow me to finish a lot of work. And, And one of those things was, Uh, so the, the typical advice is, you know, write the draft, write it really fast, get it out. Um, you know, however long it is and just get it out on the paper. Don't worry about editing. Don't look at it. Just keep moving ahead, moving ahead, moving ahead. Now I want to say, uh, there is some good wisdom in that, um, you know, getting that out. And if that's what you need to do, just get it out, get it out. And you don't want to look at it. You don't want to touch it. You don't want to edit it. You don't want to check for spelling or anything. Um, that's fine. Now I'll say the first few, um, especially fiction work that I did, um, and nonfiction, um, when I did the nonfiction, I mean, some of them, I just blazed through a whole manuscript and didn't look back, um, and and fiction as well. But, but here's what, where, where I got stuck and why I want to kind of share a little of my process and and maybe find a better way than just blazing through and not looking back is, uh, first is when I got back to the manuscript, it was, uh, such a mess that I spent so much time rewriting and editing, uh, that I just kind of lost interest. Um, it just was so much work. Um, and so I began to think I, I have to find a better way to do this. Now, a couple things happen. One is just as you write more, you'll be able to write cleaner copy just by, by nature. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, your first draft is just ready to publish, but, but what will happen is just as you get more comfortable in your own skin, as you, as you write more often, as you hopefully have a kind of daily, weekly, monthly, yearly kind of word goals and count and just, you know, doesn't mean you have to write every day, but, but as you create more work and, and write more things, um, you, you'll be able to write cleaner first draft. Um, and so it won't have as many mistakes. It won't have as many, um, you know, weird sentences and poor grammar and things like that. That'll just come over time. That's just the nature of experience. Uh, but what I changed instead of just going through and not looking back was one, I felt like if I was just going ahead and not looking back was, would I just be writing something that just, there's no point in writing it. 
Um, and I know there's some wisdom and, you know, just get it out there, get it on the page. Right. But I don't want to go back and, you know, cut out a whole chapter if I don't have to, I don't want to go back and cut out a whole idea if that's not what I have. And so, or what I need. And so I, I stopped doing that. Um, and so now I kind of do a hybrid, uh, way. And so I still write fast and I still write straight ahead. Um, but I do come back to the work and I double check it and I look over it and I, and I fix some things because I don't want to come back you know, weeks from now and just have this huge mess pile, um, you know, to edit and it just takes forever and I just lose interest and I don't even want to look at it because I I, I realize every writer is different and some people love editing. I don't love it. It's probably the thing I hate. I hate the most. Um, and I'm thankful for good editors, but, uh, but, but I don't want to do that. And so, so kind of the, the new process, and again, this can look different with every project and every book, but, but the new process is you have your idea, you know, whether you outline or not and okay, you know, Hey, the first chapter is this second chapter is this, you know, ideas that need to be, be written down. Uh, so you're, you're moving ahead. And so what I'll do is I will, um, especially on longer works is I'll, I'll write that, let's say that first chapter. And one of the things that I, I try to do if I can and again, this doesn't, um, this isn't, you know, gospel law or anything. Um, but is I'd like to finish the chapter if I can. Um, so that first draft, so that first, let's say I'm, I'm spending a day and I'm, I'm going to write a chapter that tends to be in a fiction. It, it tends to be anywhere from, you know, it can be, you know, 700 words to 1700 words or 2000 words, maybe in a chapter. Those are typical chapters for me. Yours may be longer. Yours may be shorter. Um, but, but for me, it's, it's like one big scene and there may be a few things going on, but, but it's a scene, right? So, so I'm trying to finish that one chapter. So, so let's say one day I write, finish that chapter. And then the next day I'm going to come back and it might be the next day if I'm going to write another chapter, or it may be a couple chapters down the road. I may write, even write a few chapters before I go back and edit. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. Um, and I would actually suggest you don't have to, again, be, um, just overly, you know, obsessed about this, uh, but, but come back to it. So maybe the next day I come back to it, the chapter and begin to edit it. And again, not, not a total rewrite. Uh, most of what's there is probably going to stay there, at least the storyline. Um, or if it's a, a nonfiction piece, a lot of it's going to stay there. And again, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, nonfiction is a little different cause it's, it can be more technical and you're dealing with research and things. So you want to make sure you get your quotes and all that. Right. Um, but, but with fiction, it's a lot easier is you come back and you look at it and you edit it. Um, you make sure the, you know, the characters look the right way. Um, their names are spelled right. You know, those kinds of things. You're checking some spelling and some grammar and things like that, making sure the story flows and you're doing kind of a pass through that before you go on to the next, uh, next chapter. Um, and so, and again, this isn't like a super detailed kind of editing. This isn't a, a total, you know, again, if you're just starting the project, you don't have the whole story maybe fleshed out yet. You don't know where it's going. And so you can't make those changes. Um, but that's also another reason why it might be good to just continue to write a few chapters and then come back and edit, you know, come back, make a run through, look at a few chapters, you know, maybe say every 10,000 words or so, you know, for me, that would be like five chapters, you know, five or six um, and then go back, kind of, kind of go through, just make sure the story's kind of, you know, going where it needs to go and, and moving in the right direction. And it doesn't mean at the end, you can't cut anything or you can't chop anything out. I do that all the time. Um, but you go back and you, and you edit. And so, um, so I'm, I'm working on a project right now 
And um, it's actually a project that I started a while back, probably over a year ago, and was coming back to it. It's a third book in a series and uh, and had written about 20,000 words or so. And so I was just going back through, kind of combing through, getting used to the story and what it was saying and where it was going and um, kind of getting back into it. Um, and, and that was a good process. And I realized that I'd already edited about half of it. And it was really clean, actually. Um, and I was like, wow, this is, I'm actually really enjoying this story. And so this is a, it's a fun story. Um, and so just as I went back through, I realized there wasn't as, that much work to do. And, and man, and that's kind of what I'm talking about here is that's the joy of doing that editing up front is when I came back to it, I didn't have to do a lot of work to it. Um, I didn't have to spend a lot of time with it. And again, this is not before we send it off to editors, before we send it off to proofreaders and other eyeballs on it, but just for your own editing, um, and your editors will love you for it is just kind of figuring out a way just as you go along to kind of keep that draft clean. Um, because by the time you get to the end, you have this very nice, clean draft. The story could be even done, at least the big picture. And really all you have to do at the end then is do the, you know, grammar, spelling, make sure there's no inconsistencies and, and all those kinds of things. And then you don't end up editing for, for days and days and days and, and doing, you know, 29 different drafts. Um, and so now you may be kind of questioning me and going, Oh, this guy's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, nobody does this now. I thought that too. I thought there's just no way that, that someone could write a draft and then be done at the end and then send it off to editors and proofreaders and, and whatnot. Um, but let, let me tell you, let me give you a couple of names. And, and these are, you know, research I've done and, and people I've, uh, I've heard and read and, and things is, is one, one author I know, um, Lawrence Block, if you've heard of him, a uh, very famous uh, crime writer has written like 200 books. I just heard him talking the other day. Um, he uh, writes, one draft and, uh, he was doing a seminar and a master's class and doing a seminar and they asked him a bunch of questions. And he says, I, I just, I don't want to come back to, and do a bunch of editing. So I write one draft. Um, and so he writes through, um, comes back, kind of circles back around, does some checks, cleans it up. Um, you know, and he said, Hey, I'm a professional. I've been writing for, you know, 50 years. So my drafts are pretty clean at, at the, at the offset you know, change a few things here, change a few things there. He doesn't outline either. And so just very clean, just goes right through. Um, and he, he says, I write one draft and I send it off to my editor, um, in very clean copy. Now you may say, that's just, that's just nuts. I'm just starting out. I'm just now I, I probably would say if you're just starting out, you've never written anything. You've never finished anything. You never shipped anything. You never sold anything. You probably don't want to do that, that route, but you don't need to rewrite 20 different times. You don't need to go over it and over and over it. Um, another reason why I believe that is, uh, one of my, my favorite authors, Dean Wesley Smith, who's a, who's just a prolific writer, has written hundreds of novels, Star Trek novels, um, and a bunch of his own stuff, um, is very big on this. Um, he just thinks rewriting actually what rewriting does is it actually takes the voice out of the book that you have. And so when you're writing your first draft, Here's what I know. And this is why doing heavy outlining and doing heavy planning can sometimes take out the voice of what you're trying to accomplish. And what the voice is, is when you write, there's this kind of weird, it is a little weird. It's, it's your subconscious. Uh, it's, it's this voice that's kind of in your head that comes out onto the paper. 
Uh, and it's your creative voice. It's just there. You don't know why certain characters pop out and why certain senses come out and you're not sure why you went this direction or that direction, but see, that's your, your, your pure creative subconscious voice. And that's a good voice to listen to. But what Smith will talk about is that you have this creative voice, but then you have this critical voice. You know, it's kind of the right brain, left brain. I forget which, which side is the critical and what side is the creative, but you know, is it left brain? I think is the critical right brain is the creative side. Um, anyway, regardless, uh, that critical voice is when you come back to a work, you you get really critical and you go, Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. And so you, you try to create this kind of mood or you try to create this kind of vibe and you take out all that original creativity and, and you just keep rewriting and rewriting and rewriting till, till you have this very flat manuscript. Um, and, and so, uh, that's what I want to warn you against. Now there's a dance that's involved because you have to go back and you obviously have to edit and you obviously have to rewrite some things and change some things and cut some things and whatnot. Um, but you don't want to take out that whole voice. You don't want to take out that creative side. Um, and you don't want to get, um, so uptight about every little phrase and every little sentence and, and, and think that there's just this perfect book. There's no perfect books. Um, and one other thing that I think I, I, I learned and I'm learning, it's, it's really helpful is Lawrence Block talks about this too, is, is he, he makes this argument in one of his books, um, one of his writing books, I, I forget the name of it. Um, but in there, he, he, he kind of makes this argument at the beginning of his book, just to argue for, uh, the reason for writing novels instead of short stories. Um, and he says in short stories, you know, you have this very small compact story, you know, 1500 words, 2000, 3000, 5000 words you know, usually one character doing one thing. Um, and you know, things have to be really tight and really, you know, really good and really perfect. And he says, but it's funny with a novel and if you've written, you know, you guys have written novels and you've read a ton of novels is that you have chapters and you have scenes that aren't just, aren't that good. (laughs) It's just the reality of it. Right. Um, you know, there's sentences that can be clunky. There's, there's things going on. And, And so, you know, this idea of a perfect novel, this idea of, um, something that's just, so great and so grand and, and, you know, no word is misplaced. There are very few writers that that are able to pull that off. But when you're writing this big, long, massive work, you know, 50,000, 60,000, 80,000, hundred thousand word novel, um, is there's a lot of room to, to just be free and, and not to get so hung up on every perfect turn of phrase and every, you know, uh, grammar, uh, you know, grammatically correct sentence and things like that is that you just have a lot more room to play with and you have a lot more room to kind of spread your wings. Um, and I, and I really agree with that. And, and part of that is just as you edit and you have this massive thing in front of you is just don't get so uptight with every little word and every little sentence. And, and I'm not saying be sloppy and I'm not saying don't put in your best, but, but here's the thing is, you know, wh- whoever coined the phrase, I don't know who coined the phrase, uh, but you know, perfection is the enemy of done is so true. Um, you know, I, I know Stephen Pressfield talks about this, you know, the art of resistance. Um, let's just say the art of resistance, the war of art in his book. And he talks about resistance. Um, and it's because of this perfectionist thing we have this perfectionist thing is really, it's, it's rooted in fear. It's, this isn't good enough. This is terrible. This doesn't make sense. Right. And, and so we never want to share anything. We never want to finish that thing. And we just put it in a drawer and we just forget about it. And then 20 years later, we're like, man, I really, really wish I would have wrote that book. It's that fear. And I think fear creeps into the editing process. It's that fear of, as you look at this 
manuscript, you know, for days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months. And you, and you begin the editing process is you just start to hate it. You just, Oh, I got to get this thing out of here. Um, I, I got to ship it. Right. Um, and, and there is this weird thing that happens that even though it's, it's probably good and it's probably fine and people will enjoy it. You've just been so close to this thing for so long. You just, you just kind of fool yourself and say, Oh, this thing is just wretched and horrible and no one's ever going to read it. It's because you've spent more time with it than anyone else. And you got to remember that during the editing process is that nobody knows if you edited, rewrote your book five times, one time, 300 times, nobody knows, nobody knows. Now, if it's not edited and it's first draft and nobody's looked at it and you haven't fixed things and it reads horribly and it's just, you know, people are getting hung up over spelling and, and grammar and all that. Um, that's one thing, but nobody knows. Let me give you another example. Uh, Lee Child, you've heard me mention him before. He, he's very open about the fact he writes one draft of his novels. One draft. That's it. He does an outline, has no plan. He has a character, Jack Richards, the only books he writes thus far in his career. He knows the character well. He puts him in a setting and he just goes and sees where his imagination takes him. And when he's done, he's done. And so Lee Child does it. Writes a chapter next day opens up his manuscript, edits, make sure it's the way he wants it, goes the next chapter, just goes all the way through until he gets to the end, three months, four months, five months, six months. But when he's done, he's done. And so a lot of authors, they could finish a book in a month, a two months, three months, but then by the time they edit it, it could be six, nine, you know, a year because they spend so much time editing. But Lee Child, nope. He says, nope, that's, that's it. Um, he says the same thing. I, I don't, I just believe that what I have, at, he says, what I have in that moment is what the story needs to be. The way I say it, the idea I have, that's that's just the way it needs to be. Um, and I think that's a great way of looking at your work. Dean Wesley Smith talks the same way. He doesn't remember half the books he's written. He's written so many, he doesn't even know. Because you know why? Because when he's done, he just moves on to the next one. Just writes another story. He, he doesn't obsess over it. And I think that's what, what happens in the editing process. We're just obsessing over it. And here's the thing, if you want to be prolific, I hope that's not the only manuscript you're going to write. Now, maybe your first one, and so you want to get that first one under your belt, but your first one's never going to be good. Your second one's probably not going to be good. Your fifth's probably not going to be that good. It's not until you get to like 10 or 12, 15, 20, 50, that you begin to see some really great, great stuff come out of you. It just becomes more part of you. And so, so don't obsess over that first one. And I think that's part of it. It's, it's just, I got to get every word, you know, I gotta, I gotta be the next Hemingway. I gotta be the next, you know, Dostoevsky or whoever, um, whoever your favorite author is. And we just obsess and we obsess. And so when we obsess, then we, we, we rewrite, we rewrite, we redraft. So Lawrence Block, one drafter, Lee Child, one drafter, uh, Dean Wesley Smith, Writes through, he circles back, he edits as he goes, he comes back, looks over at Chef's for spelling typo, sends it off to the proofreader editor, and he's done as well. Um, now, you may not believe this, but actually there's evidence. If you go to Stephen King's book on writing that I mention often, and you check it out, at the end of the book, I think his newest version, I don't know if the old version has it, I think it does, but he has an actual manuscript in the book where he shows the first draft. And then he shows the edited version. And so when he writes a book, he writes through, um, comes back to it and just edits it. And then it's pretty clean from there. 
Um, so he doesn't take multiple, multiple drafts and he sends it off to the editor. And, and as you read it, what you'll see though, but here, here's what, what's important. Um, Stephen King obviously edits and he obviously rewrites some things, but he doesn't totally destroy the manuscript. Um, if you read the, the, the example he has in his book and on writing, you, you'll see that a lot of what he's just changing is he's changing like character names that maybe that the just read a little better. Um, I think in the example, he has this long name that starts with an O and he changed it to like all in O L I N just because it reads better. So, so again, that's not rewriting the book. That's just changing a name. Um, you know, cuts out adverbs, changes a comma here, cuts out a few sentences that don't work and don't, you know, help the story or whatever. Um, but, but again, you look at it and you go, wow, that's, that's different than rewriting the whole story. That's different than going in a totally different direction. And I think that's what happens is we, we, we read this story and then we go, well, I gotta, I gotta write something totally different. And again, just, it's a waste of time what your creative brain gave you and what your subconscious gave you is what the story needs to be in that chapter, in that scene, whatever it is. Now, if it's totally just a mess, totally doesn't work and, and you just have to, okay, that that's fine. But, but again, you don't have to edit and edit and edit and edit thinking there's some, you know, magic of, you know, 15 rewrites and 29 edits that somehow it's going to be going to be better. So, so Lee Child, Stephen King, Dean Wesley Smith, Lawrence Block, all these men have uh, do very few drafts. If you read, you know, the pulp writers, you know, Asimov, uh, 500 books under his belt, Harley rewrote. Um, <clears throat> Ray Bradbury, from what I've heard, didn't rewrite a whole lot. And a lot of this because they, they couldn't. They had typewriters. Uh, so they had to make it as clean as they could. But they, see, they just went on to the next story. They didn't obsess over it. Um, they, they didn't worry about it. Um, as much as we probably do. Um, and I think a lot of the pro writers are actually, you know, they, they want you to believe or, or many believe that again, these, their books are so great is because they write, you know, 19 different drafts, which is simply not true. Um, and so when I, when I come back to my process, I'm, I'm writing ahead, you know, however many words a day, writing them down, getting that first draft down, I'm coming back and I'm editing as I go. You know, I might edit the next day right away, clean it up a little bit. I may write a few chapters, then edit a few chapters. But by the time I get to the end, the the cleanup and the the editing process is very minimal. Um, and so I want to add just a couple more more things just to my process that's kind of evolved over time and continues to evolve a little bit. And it, it depends a little bit on the on the work. Uh, it depends on the project. Uh, but one of the things that I, I've been doing that I think has been really helpful is because your eye, when you edit, um, when you look at the same words and the same sentences and the same paragraphs over and over is you miss a lot of things. Um, and so, um, that's just human nature. You just, you, you can't see it. You want to see it, the errors and the mistakes, but you just can't. Um, and so what I've been doing is actually I'll go through, just do a, a normal edit. Um, you know, clean things up, polish things up. Um, but then I've been using a, a program called pro writing aid, and that's a, actually a great program. There's a bunch out, out there, Grammarly and AutoCrit and some others. Um, but pro writing is just a cheap little program. I think it's like 40 bucks for the year. Um, it's dirt cheap. I think they might have a cheaper version. Um, but what it does is I stick my manuscript in this program after I've 
kind of looked at it with my own human eyes and realized how much I'd missed. But, but I stick it in this program and I check for spelling and I check for grammar and they have a function called just, I think it's just called style. And so it gives you suggestions, you know, um, is seems to be redundant here or seems to be, you know, you could use a different word here. Um, maybe you didn't use the comma, right. Or you spelt, you know, there T H E I R, you know, versus T H E R E, um, you know, got those, those mixed up, those kinds of things. So those very common kind of errors. Um, and, and again, things that readers would, would get annoyed with. Um, but, but what that does is after I've have this very clean first draft, after I run it through the pro writing aid, which doesn't take long at all, actually, cause it's, you know, a, a, an app, a software. So it's fast. Um, and you just clean it up and then just fix it is I, I do that before I send it to my editor. Um, and then that way the editor has a very clean draft, um, to work with. And of course they're still going to find things. Um, uh, but see what, what the editor is going to be able to do. And you need to get your work edited, at least have a, a, a good proofreader, um, that knows what they're doing and, and knows story or knows whatever kind of work you're doing. Um, but when they look at it, um, they don't have to get so obsessed over spelling and grammar type things. Um, and they, they'll, they'll find those too. Uh, but they're also looking for plot holes. They're looking for inconsistencies. They're looking for, well, you spelt this character's name this way, this way, but then in another chapter, you spelled it differently. Maybe you got your time wrong or something like that. So they can look at actually story elements and other things that are really important. Um, if I'm writing nonfiction, you know, they can see, is there, is it redundant? Does it not really help the you know, the work, all those kinds of things is my, you know, did I, uh, quote things wrong? Did I spell things wrong? Whatever it may be. Um, but you're giving them a very, very clean, clean draft. Um, so use those tools that are available to you. Um, I don't know why people get kind of weird about that. And I don't think you should, um, because, Again, you send it to a human editor, they're going to miss stuff too, because their eyes do the same thing that that's why when you read books published, even by big publishers, they still have typos in them and they miss stuff. It's just that human element. Um, but there's great software out there. Check out pro writing aid, check out Grammarly, check out, um, there's a few other ones out there. I'll, I'll put them in the show notes. Um, just to have another set of eyes on your work before you, you send it off to either proofreader, beta reader or editor. Um, and that would be really helpful. So editing fast, um, editing fast. And I should say editing or rewriting or whatever language you want to use is, is essential to be prolific because I don't want you to get hung up on the editing process. I don't want the editing part to be the part that shipwrecks you and holds you up, um, from shipping your work, sharing your work, getting it out into the world. Um, and I hope some of these tips are helpful. Um, I hope you begin to believe that, that you can write clean first drafts. And I, and I hope you begin to believe that you can, can do minimal rewrites and minimal editing. Um, you don't need to rewrite your work 19 times. Um, and if it needs to be written that rewritten that many times, you probably should just start something else or do something else. Um, and chuck that piece and start something fresh. Uh, but Use the the tools that are available. Find your own way to do this, whatever works for you. But whatever you can do to kind of compact your time, because I think for most of us, you know, again, we're not, uh, many of us aren't writing full time in the sense of that that's all we do. And so our time is limited. And so if you have limited time, then you don't want to spend it all editing and you don't want to spend months and months and months editing work that could be getting out into the world. Um, so 
Um, so hope this helps. Hey, uh, thanks for everybody that's been listening. Uh, we just launched in December and a uh, lot of, lot of, lot of downloads and a lot of people enjoying the show. And so if you get a chance, leave a, a, a review on iTunes. Uh, we're on Stitcher as well. You can find us there. Um, love to, to hear from you, whether you like the show or not, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um, but also, um, leave comments on rockhousepublishing.com. That's where the show is hosted. And, uh, if there's someone you want, would like me to interview on the show that you would consider a prolific writer, uh, love to interview and track them down if I can. If you have questions about anything related to prolific writing, writing fast, writing often, writing well, uh, the publishing industry, whatever, uh, share those, those questions, those comments in, uh, the show notes, uh, are at the bottom of the, the website, rockhousepublishing.com. And we'll make sure we work that into the show. Um, check out all our work there. It's uh, all available. You can check it out there and, uh, Hey, I hope you have a great, uh, Christmas. I probably won't talk to you before then. And, uh, if I don't talk to you before new year, I hope you have a great new year too. And, and I really appreciate you guys listening in. Um, this is Ryan and Hey, go get to that writing and do it fast, do it often and do it well. And I'll talk to you really, really soon. Thanks for stopping by the prolific writer podcast. Please leave a review on iTunes so we can help more writers share their stories with the world and head over to rockhousepublishing.com for books, resources, and other writing and publishing tips. See you next time.